I think he said Whiteman Park is a hoot. Come to EnviroFest 2024. Learn about Whiteman Park's birds and discover ways to improve your sustainability with hands-on workshops and demonstrations. Plus, there'll be market stalls, food trucks and heaps of kids' activities. EnviroFest 2024 at Whiteman Park on March 23 from 10 till 3. You'd be wise to go to whitemanpark.com.au. Fitzy and Everything can be known. Past, present, future. Am I the only one? This segment started out as, am I the only thumb? MDG wanted to present that oh, idea. Okay. Yeah. That is such a... Like, I was nowhere in this conversation. That's Sorry, a real drive You're eating a pie. <laughs> no, you, you know how it started? It was in the office that day, remember? When Tom said to everyone in the team, am I the only one that hides out in bushes? That's right. Outside <laughs> bathrooms? Yeah. And we were like, what? No, George Michael does <laughs> it we too. Went, yeah, that would be a great segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's... Unfortunately, that's... Tom got arrested the next yeah. day. That's yeah. all right. He's back. He's yeah, back. I'm allowed to host it, and that's the main Last thing, day tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much. Going to miss you too much. Um, Pretty easy the, to get uh, bail in New South Wales, isn't well, it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> New police <laughs> commissioner. Apparently so. Um, hey, guys. So we've asked people, our listeners to DM us stories of, you know, are they only... Are they the only one that's done something interesting mm-hmm. or, you know, something crazy has happened to them? So I've got the box uh, okay. with the latest oh sounds like a box. Sounds like a steel box. All right. I've sounds like you just closed it. And the area goes to... Oh. Hang on. What do you got, Tommy? The sheets come out. Kid Leroy. Oh, this is big. Awesome. Here we go. <laughs> Someone's played a joke and put the wrong thing in the box. <laughs> That's what? Okay. okay. Am I the only one who looks like an idiot? <laughs> oh, got, this Tommy? is good. Am I the only one who was presumed dead? Oh. Presumed dead. Presumed dead. Yeah. Wow. As in your career? Or... Oh, no, mate. Right. Okay. So as if to say you were lost and they called off a search or... Exactly right. We're... Or you came back to life, Tommy. Maybe yeah. you found yourself in the morgue and woke up. Could be that too. And 13, 24, 10, if you have a story, um, the person who contacted us was Chris. And Chris joins us. Good morning. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Chris, how the hell does this happen? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't really know to be honest. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long story, but um, yeah, essentially I got stuck at the uh, at the bottom of the North Sea with uh, nothing to breathe for about 30, 35 minutes. Yeah, and somehow, somehow made it through. So yeah, slightly miraculous. You were stuck where? The bottom of the North Sea. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a commercial diver, a saturation diver. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I got involved in an accident back in 2012 where the. Uh, the umbilical, which uh, sort of provides us with all our breathing gas and yep. Um, yep. light and hot water to keep us alive, um, it got caught in a sort of pretty catastrophic accident and severed. And I was left with just um, just about nine minutes of breathing gas in a tank on my back, and um, and it took them uh, it took them sort of forty forty odd minutes to come back and, and rescue me. So, well, see, Chris, you know, the other sort of, the other thing as yeah. well, you can't go to the surface quickly, can you? Because when you're down that low. You, you, yeah. you, you, your head will explode straight away. You've got to take your time getting <laughs> to the surface, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, as what everybody knows, when you go scuba diving, you have to you have to take decompression stops on the on the way up, obviously, uh, to stop your uh, sort of the you know the inert gases in your in your system expanding mm-hmm. and blocking the flow of blood and stuff. But yeah, when you're saturation diving, you're diving very very deep, so you can be sort of 150, 200 meters down, and and that same decompression takes. 
four or five days. So obviously that's oh. just not um, that's not possible. But yeah, you're right. If you if you made the decision to bolt for the surface, that would that would pretty much be the end of you. So- yeah. When they when they rescued you and you and you brought up, was it just CPR and and that worked? It wasn't even that. Yeah, so I was sort of unconscious for not really entirely sure, but for something like thirty thirty five minutes oh. with, with seemingly with nothing to breathe, and um, I was sort of dragged back to the we go down in the diving bell, so I was dragged back to the diving bell by my by my colleague. Um, he sort of poked my head in, and then another colleague gave me she just gave me two breaths. Literally, that's all it was, and I. And I, I came round. Um, oh. I don't really particularly remember it, but yeah. Very but usually, lucky usually, when you don't have oxygen for that long, that does damage to your mm. brain, Chris. So, how lucky yeah. were you there? Well, I don't know that I haven't, to be honest. No one's been brave enough to tell me <laughs> otherwise, to be honest. <laughs> you're doing all right so far, Chris. So, can you paint a picture for us? So, you're down, what, 150, 200 metres. It's dark. You've got your headlight on. You, your cord's yeah. been severed, so you have the tank on your back. Is that right? Yeah, so we were about that night. We were about ninety-one meters down, but it's, you know, deep enough. That night, and, um, right? Yeah, and then it got uh, yeah, the umbilical got severed, so I lost all my my sort of basically infinite supply of breathing gas that we normally have, and then all the power to my light and my camera, and uh, also severed severed my hot water, which we use. We wear like a what's called a hot water suit, so hot water circulated around your like a sort of loose-fitting wetsuit, really, to keep you warm. Yeah. Um, and it's four degrees down there that time of year, so oh. I'd have been hypothermic very, very quickly, I think, you know, pretty much instantaneously. And, um, yeah, and then a long, long period. Uh, I sort of had a, uh, you know, a period of nine nine minutes or so, we think. We, we can't really be sure. It depends on how quickly I But were you down, stuck but, yeah. down there, Chris? Yeah, so basically the the ship, we work out of a, off a, off a ship, um, and we, we get lower down in a diving bell, and the ship, um, you know, without boring you too much, had had a pretty catastrophic failure of its what's called the dynamic positioning system that keeps it in one place all the time yeah so that failed and it effectively become a, a sailboat it was sort of 35 knot winds and six meter seas above us and oh my God. it just started to drift to drift away and they they um the, the, the bridge crew were were struggling valiantly but ultimately failing to sort of keep control of it and the boat ended up nearly 250 meters away from me so um you know they're in no position to to come and rescue me or help me, and, and there was pretty much nothing I could I could do for myself. Yeah. Can, can you remember yourself passing out? I can remember. I think I've got a pretty lucid memory of everything up until passing out. Yes. Uh, you know, it was sort of strange. There was a sort of there was a few minutes of um, you know absolute panic because no, no getting around it. You know, it was yep. pretty frightening. And um, yeah, and I sort of scrambled. I fell down to the seabed, and I I sort of made efforts to scramble myself back up to the top of a, a structure we've been working on that was about ten meters high, and then. When I got up there and there was there was absolutely no sign of anybody there, no sign of light, you know, not a speck of light in the sea above me. Yeah, had a strangely sort of calm and effect, really. And um, yeah, I sort of <clears throat> I remember I just pretty much curled up in a fetal position and Aww. started grieving almost, you know, thinking of people at wow. home and everything I thought was good. Sorry, <laughs> everything I thought was going to to lose, you know, as you do it. I was sort of 32 and about to get married the next year and oh building gosh. a house and all that kind of thing. So yeah, there was sort of dark and dark and uh, yeah memorable minutes which I think I can remember but I don't remember feeling cold which is no bloody scary be a little bit. but yeah the moment of going in actually into unconsciousness not at all I sort of describe it as you know you went to bed last night and you can you, wow. know, you remember chatting about what you're going to do to the next morning and so on but you don't remember the moment of and then Chris into unconsciousness, if the boats I mean? drifted how did they get you out how did they find you they just managed to find the structure again did they 
Yeah, so they had um, they uh, had an ROV on board, so a remotely operated vehicle, which is basically a flying camera with an arm, and that had a, a sort of like three hundred meter long tether. So they were able to fly that back to me. I was wearing a beacon, and they could get sort of range and bearing on their radar system and uh, and get me get to me that way. So they they could sort of watch me. They managed to have eyes on me, but they physically couldn't bring the boat back to me, or they, they didn't manage for for well over thirty five minutes. Yeah. Oh, Chris, what a story! And have Chris, you dived in? Again? Have you been back down? Yeah, we we went back down as a, so there was three of us down there that night, and we went back uh, we went back three weeks later. Yeah, we oh. sort of we've done it ever since. Really, uh, yeah. I can't do anything else. You know, I'd that give is, it a miss. I reckon there I'd... is an element, you know, yeah. but presume presume dead. There's an element of yeah. You know, everything. Everyone thinks I'm gone. Yeah, I don't like I, called off the search. Don't have to pay tax anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, well, you're, you're looking like, forward to I it. Could eh? Go and live a new life. I mean, know? he was getting married. And go, I mean, was there any thoughts of that at the time, Chris? I know it was only, only had nine minutes up your sleeve, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, that's one way of getting out, of getting married, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Desperate measures, Chris. I'm gonna be. I've got to be totally honest, 10, 10, uh, ten years later, I'm kind of wishing I'd thought of that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're still with her, Chris? Uh, you're, you're in Australia, right? She's not going to hear, mate. <laughs> um, Chris, oh, that is phenomenal. Tommy, I would be highly surprised if we find anybody else that's been presumed dead. Yeah, it's a stretch. That is a phenomenal yeah. story, Chris. How scary is that? Right, 13, I never want to do that. 13, 20, 14, get involved. We'd love to hear your calls. If you know a story very similar to that, we'll get you on it. Fitzy and Whippers. Everything can be known. Past, present, future. Am I the only one? The only one. Am I the only one? Yeah, am I the only one who was presumed dead? And it was Chris, who was a diver stuck at the bottom of the sea. My God. For 40 minutes. I mean, his oxy- yep. oxygen cord got uh-huh. severed. He only had nine minutes Man. on his oxygen tank. You think, and he cr- he curled up into a fetal position going, I'm gone I'm here. Gone. He said it was quite peaceful. See you guys. And then just passed out. Unconscious. The uh, boat was 250 metres away. They tracked it down and it, he survived. Oh, mate, without a doubt. I, I, I had a very good mate that I grew up with who was a freediver and mm-hmm. he used to do surf tours over in Bali. He went down freediving, Sarah, unfortunately mm-hmm. passed out at the bottom of the... Ocean. Oh, terrifying. God. And his mates who were over there doing a surf tour at the time mm. actually pulled him up and he was gone. Gone. See, oh. that's the thing. If you pass Jeez. out down there, you're not coming up. I mean, he, regre- he regrets it because he's 10 years into his marriage and wasn't all that happy. Yeah, but anyway, Chris. got on you, Chris. Thanks for your story. Ruby in Mount Druitt. Tell us about your mum, Ruby. Yeah, hi. So my mum works as a nurse in palliative care, so with sick people who are going to pass away. Mm. Um, and she had this man who was very sick and he passed away so she called time of death mm. and when they passed away they washed the bodies shave them put makeup on them make them all pretty to present to the family yep. so they had done all that shaved him everything and he was still dead and when they zipped him up and put him in the cooler like in the morgue they went back to show the family and he had unzipped himself turned over and had his eyes open and he was awake. Okay. Just, just a bit cold, Ruby, you might say. Yeah, well, he ended up passing away a few hours later because he was cold and... Oh, my God. Oh, he died from hypothermia. Dad. Yeah, so, but, yeah, he got in there and everything and unzipped himself and tried to turn over and get out, but you can't. So. Did, did your mum get into any trouble if she's declared the death but the man wasn't dead? She... It did go to, like, the head office or whatever, and they yeah. spoke about it, but it was 
um, determined that it was an accident, accidental, because yes. he was so sick that mm. it, there was no pulse, nothing, and there was someone else there with her who caught it as well. Like cross-checked. So, yeah. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride for the family, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Uh, he's gone, rocked up. Oh no, he's not. No, he's, he's cold. A couple of hours later, no, he's, no, he's he is again. now gone. Well, let us check first. Yeah, he is. Can we just... You got any white out? I just need to change that time of Lock death it in. a couple of hours later. It's bloody cold in here, isn't it? What a story, Ruby. Tom in Northmead, you were presumed dead. Is that correct, Tommy? That's correct. What yeah. happened, buddy? Um, well, when, uh, when I was born, I actually uh, twisted as I was coming out and the cord got wrapped around my neck and my body and, and all that. So... Uh, yeah, so wasn't breathing at all when I came out and got rushed off. Mum didn't even get to hold me or anything. And then, yeah, it was um, 20, 25 minutes before my first breath. Wow. Doctors uh, assumed, you know, massive brain damage with, you know, not having a breath for that long. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, but yeah, no, it all all worked out in the end. And um, yeah, happy in here today. Any complications at all, Tommy, or no? Oh, look. Yeah, I've got a, a shocking memory. <laughs> but other than that, no, really good. I'm running my own business, so I'm happy. Oh, good that on you, Tommy. That is an amazing Isn't story. Isn't it? I mean, that, uh, those, uh, those doctors that are in there mm. do a phenomenal job, don't they? Oh. Pediatrician? 25 minutes without Obstetrician? a Obstetrician? Yeah. Yeah, pediatricians once they're, they're once born. Once they're born. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a friend who does that, and they t- tell some phenomenal stories of where... You know, you might have a lifeless baby and all of a sudden they manage to bring them back. Yeah. They've got it, they're good at it, and they do it on a how daily they, basis. How do they get the first breath out of them? They do a... Smack them on the bottom. No, I think that's an old wife's Don't they blow some there's air into them or, or, or... Don't they? Is no, it a I certain, don't know. I haven't done it for ages. Tom, great story, I mate. Tom, they play a bit it's of Tom time in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a bit of a shock. A shock. <laughs> yeah. They put the fits in with a podcast <laughs> just on. Gasps everywhere. Oh, the first word was stop. They put the riddle time up. Oh, oh, hang on a like, minute. Oh, no, I'm oh. going back up. <laughs> Fitzy and Whipper. I think he said Whiteman Park is a hoot. Come to EnviroFest 2024. Learn about Whiteman Park's birds and discover ways to improve your sustainability with hands-on workshops and demonstrations. Plus, there'll be market stalls, food trucks and heaps of kids' activities. EnviroFest 2024 at Whiteman Park on March 23 from 10 till 3. You'd be wise to go to whitemanpark.com.au.